shining individually, collectively transforming community, peace in our human family. As above, so below, feel the pain in my soul, the rep he'll dissolve. Organized, no matter the cost, politicians start wars, they don't fight, they sit in the poor. And nothing lasts forever as long as we stay together, give hell to the masses, watch the unity rapture. This is for the kids and the culture, it's one love, one growth, one light, light warriors. Hey, Drea. Hi. Nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes. Your mic sounds way better than mine, actually. I'm gonna have to get this to my face. Still haven't perfected my uh, mic stand yet, so I had to prop it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. <laughs> right. So congratulations, by the way, on completing your second season. Thank you so much. That is just awesome, dope. I've listened to a few of your episodes. I definitely want to like talk about um, two of them. Um, but um, before that, like, uh, introduce yourself. Let people know like how you got into this type of amazing uh, podcast work. Where you're from, um, all that stuff. Background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my name is Drea. Um, I am 29. I live in Las Vegas. Um, I was born here, actually, which is kind of rare. <laughs> Everyone here is from somewhere else. Um, I have been into really just like anything creative my whole life. Like I've always been really into music and singing. And I kind of a few years ago discovered podcasts and just fell in love with them. And I always had the idea of wanting to start one, but then I just kind of told myself I had nothing interesting to say to do one. And I put it off for so long. And then I think all the time to myself, like being in quarantine just made me kind of realize like, what are you waiting for? Like, just do it now and jump in. So I started that in January of this year and it's been really fun. It's been going really well. I enjoy it. And I feel like this is just another outlet for me to be creative now wow oh, yeah that's awesome that's awesome thank and you how, how how it's like how what was the journey like when um like did you have any issues with like like getting getting people um like guests or anything or were you already like prepared to like had like a nice network of people that you can just talk to and all that stuff so it's kind of been both like at first, I did have a lot of my friends as guests, and then I also had some strangers, and then I ended up finding this like really cool website that was the sole purpose is connecting podcasts and podcast guests, which really helped me out, and I ended up finding a lot of really interesting people on there. Um, but then this season was the first time I ever kind of scrambled for guests, but that was kind of my fault. Because um, I had this like last minute decision to make an API Heritage Month series and showcase API guests for the whole month. And then since I kind of like last minute changed my idea, then I had to find like specific guests. Mm -hmm. And I ended up 
that was the first time I ended up recording, editing, and releasing all within the same week instead of like being prepared and having things ready to go, um, which got a little stressful, but also it was fun like being able to do that, being able to celebrate that. And yeah, I've just been able to have like such a great mix of people come on. That's dope. Like the trial and error process is so beautiful. Um, that's mm-hmm. something I'm dealing with right now. And yeah, such a journey and stuff like that. And yeah, for sure. I think that um, what makes it so dope is like at the end of the day, like after all that stress, when you come out with a great episode, you're just like, <sighs> yeah, especially like hearing when people like it. You're like, oh, my God. Yes, that's that's what I wanted to hear. Yes, exactly. I love the little tune that you got. Um, your intro, I freestyled to it at work. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I love it. I actually, oh man, it's like slipping my mind, even though I see the name every week of who made it. Um, yeah, I just got that off of like a website that had royalty free music. And I don't know when I heard that one, I was like, this is this is the one that's like jumping at me. I love it. Wow, wow, wow. And do you have like so are you still like recording on your own? Like, do you have like, are you working on any music projects or anything? So I feel like I've been so focused on the podcast that the music thing, like I haven't been focused on it as much, but realizing that it is something I'm trying to jump back into. I actually just joined a band. So I hope I'm like, nice. yeah, I'm really hoping that's going to give me the performance experience I need. Cause that's where like, I feel like that's where I struggle. I have a lot of stage fright that I'm trying to get over. (laughs) And you're a guitar player and a singer, right? Yes. So I'm mostly a singer. I do play a little guitar, a little piano, and the ukulele. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Most of my covers and stuff I do on the uke just because it's it's so easy and it's really fun to do. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get more back into piano and guitar because I used to take lessons. And then it's just been so long that I'm a little out of practice. (laughs) Right, right, right. Oh man, hold up. Uh, one second. No, you're fine. <laughs> my uh thing just fell down. My charger and my laptop sucks with battery. <laughs> one second, sorry. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yep, like I said, trial and error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> better. Your outlet. setup looks cool, though. <laughs> I like okay. how you got this whole like green screen thing going on for your background. I like it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, like I have a bookcase and it's a nice bookcase, but like there's junk on it, like yeah. bombs and stuff like that. Yeah, I I was <laughs> um before like I got this whole setup over here, I was just doing it at, like my work desk, my computer desk, which is on the other side of the room. So then in my background you could see like my bed and my dresser and everything. And I was like, I don't I can't do anything about this. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I hated it, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I got to use what I got. Right. You got to use what you got, man. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can find just a studio that just graces you in the world. And- yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe I could face a wall or something. But then, like, I didn't have, I actually only recently found out I could use this mic stand because I had this for my other mic that I use for music. And it didn't hit me till recently that this, part right here to hold this type of microphone detaches so i was like that helped me out so much because <laughs> i just had like a tiny little like desk stand so mm-hmm. if i didn't have a desk i'd have to hold it which made me paranoid of like bumping it and noise and everything yeah yeah mm-hmm. especially like, i have like a 
actually wooden table and this thing. yeah so like when you knock it <laughs> yeah a little equally around here and i just freak out but one thing i like about this mic is like sound canceling so like Mm, yeah that's like good not up close to the mic you don't even hear unless my actually intentionally like tries to like smash something on the ground yeah like my before i bought this one <laughs> <laughs> before i got this one that's like actually better for like speaking and podcasts i was using my microphone that i used for recording music and i didn't realize how much background noise it picked up and I feel like there was so much echo and just like taps and everything. So this one is definitely a lot better. <laughs> Isn't that contradictory in a way Like they make the mics that way? Like you would think a nice studio quality music making mic should be the perfect thing for a podcast. Like You know, that's what I was thinking too. But then like when I really started to deep dive and research, it made more sense to me because when you're speaking, you only want to pick up what you're putting into it but like with music there's like the reverb and like you know if you're playing an instrument while you're singing you want all that stuff picked up and i was like okay this makes sense right yeah that just makes a lot of sense actually yeah the reverb is so good that's one of my mm -hmm. favorite things to record with and sometimes i just freak out I'm like oh this is a little bit too much reverb and yeah no, 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 no. you're good you're good you're good They'll, i'll tell you if it's too much man like <laughs> do you do music too uh yes yes i'm in a band um as well oh, dope. um i'm the rapper and the uh percussionist actually oh so, cool all right like all the african hand drumming and um the, the maracas shakers uh actually whatever is percussion mm -hmm. i'm used that's what that's I, cool that's what i want to do i want to like make so many different sounds and stuff like you'll hear like something that sounds like a a freaking rainforest for two seconds I'm like, <laughs> yeah <is> that? <laughs> That's dope, though. Yeah. So I'm curious, what made you want to start a podcast? That's a good question. <laughs> um, well, outside of here, I do a lot of non. I do a lot of activist work besides okay. working at um, my regular job at at the hospital. Um, and I work for a nonprofit, and I have oh, that's great. A lot of different individuals so many people in music and film um activists uh all over the place um so i was just like bro i know all these people mm -hmm. and there's so much conversations i have with them and i'm like i got yeah in here <laughs> mm -hmm. but what, what would be so productive you know instead of like having events and stuff like that but i'm just like you guys are dope you guys should like literally like be, the world should know about these people you know yeah I mean, mm -hmm. I mean I know that I only have like a few followers but it, it I think that it's so worth it that you guys should like show, share what you do man like, yeah for sure <laughs> so that's why you know, I was like you know I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and my friends were my, my two best friends uh Chris and Tim um well I have other best friends I grew up with but that's a different bracket I have two mm -hmm. brackets <laughs> Oh yeah, I I get that. I have that too. Yeah, you understand, yeah. Yeah. It's a blessing to still be able to like um hang out with people that you grew up with cuz some people mm -hmm. get that. And the fact that oh, I still yeah. have them, it's just I'm so blessed by them. Um but yeah, we were thinking about making a podcast together. Um we're still thinking about that. And you know, prolonged uh, a lot of things happen in life you know what i mean you know, yeah we, we're all just trying to live as working class people in this world and so i was like you know what? i'm gonna start it i'm a spearhead i'm gonna do it and if we ever make another one 
will have the basics of what was wrong and what was right. Yeah. Better, more efficiently. So that's how it happened. That's cool. I like that. That's funny because actually it's kind of the almost like the same exact thing for me because um, it's you mentioned like having friends for so long that's kind of rare because I have this one close group of friends that we've known each other for what it's 20 so like 11 12 years now like we celebrate holidays together like we're always you know there for important events and I feel like people are shocked sometimes when they're like oh you you have friends from like that long ago and you still celebrate holidays together and stuff yeah but two of them the three of us were supposed to start a podcast and like you said like life work like just too many things got into the way that we ended up never doing it but now that I've done this on my own I feel like it would be so much easier for us to still try and do it because now I have a better idea of things I can edit to like I have the equipment now like we were trying to jump I think trying to jump into something blindly with multiple people is so much harder than doing it by yourself because at least like you just figure things out on your own and you just you don't have to like nobody else gets the the fallback of when things go wrong. If no, that makes sense, <laughs> no, they don't. And and in these type of things like podcasts, like it, and when you get into it with your friends, you know what I mean. Like it could end up like what happened. I don't know if you know who Joe Budden is. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know he he had an okay rap career, so I won't be surprised if you didn't know who he was. But you know he has a podcast, and he fired all his friends. Oh no, yeah, I actually only know him because of his podcast. I'm not yeah. like familiar with his music, but yeah. that's that's messed up. That's what I'm saying. Like the ego gets in the way, and it's like, dude, like why would you do business with your friends? Yeah, and- I mean it definitely takes like a certain type of understanding to be able to do business with your friends yeah yeah or with family or anything be so transparent honestly like Mm -hmm. i don't know but i think he taught us all a lesson about how we can execute it when we decide to do it with friends (laughs) do you think so when you say you think he taught us are you thinking you know what to do now or what not to do now (laughs) What not? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because it's like I feel like you almost have to compartmentalize things too, because you kind of have to separate your friendship from your business when you're dealing with the business. It's like you can't look over certain things just because you're friends. Like you got to deal with it, and if you are able to have that transparency, like you said, then you can be honest about not letting your friendship get in the way of the business, but also not letting anything with the business negatively affect your friendship. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a balance. Yeah. We and I mean, don't really balance like that. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, I've never done like business business with friends, but I've worked with friends and like small businesses. And even that like just got complicated. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what made you wanted to uh, like pick up the theme of like unpopular passion? I think that's very interesting. I have never heard of that before. Like, thank you. Unpopular so passion. I actually just kind of the title just kind of made it up as a play on words for unpopular opinion, because it seems like, I mean, maybe not so much anymore, like in today's generation, but I feel like following your passion is not the quote unquote popular route to go down. Like it's not the typical route people take. 
people are usually kind of stuck in that mindset of you go to school, you get a job, you keep your job till you're retired, that's your life. So for me, the title Unpopular Passion was kind of like saying this is this is a lesser chosen route that people are on and this is how people are choosing to live their lives now. And it's it's funny because I actually, when I first started it, I was going to call it Project Passion. And like thinking about it now, I'm like, oh, that sounds so cheesy and I'm so glad I didn't do that. <laughs> but I think I went and like just looked it up on like podcast apps to see if it already existed and it did. And so I didn't want to use the same name. So I'm actually really glad about that because I, I don't even know how I came up with it. I just kept like playing around with words. Like passion was the one thing that I wanted to include in it. And I think really the idea just came from the fact that I'm surrounded by like so many amazing people in my life that are like entrepreneurs or like musicians, poets, just people doing things that you wouldn't normally expect. Mm -hmm. And then I've also kind of been on this journey myself for like the past, like the past year or so I've met some people and I um, started being mentored by like a couple entrepreneurs. And it was the first time in my life that I was able to get out of that mindset of just the typical go to work, earn a paycheck, live paycheck to paycheck. So being able for myself to be in the mindset of, oh, I could do something else and I could live a life more free made me want to tell the stories of other people. Like you said, how you just, you know, these people and their stories need to get out there. And that's something that I love is I'm putting out the stories of like all these amazing people I know. And if someone could maybe hear it and be like, oh, well, they, they started out not knowing what they're doing. Maybe I could, you know, do that too, take a chance and find something I love. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And, Thank uh, you. It reminds me of the episode you had, uh, with um the owners of uh, hooky cookie yeah it's so fun that's like definitely i feel like one of the more popular ones <laughs> yeah and i love how he was uh first of all these 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 i could tell this couple is very like um i don't like to use the term woke i feel like that's a stupid term <laughs> i get um, what you mean sometimes the words that fit you feel like are cheesy or like you don't like to use yeah yeah and people use that term out of context it's like also like, true yeah oh she's woke but she's transphobic as hell she disrespected my parents <laughs> fan but she's oh no that's the issue that i'd be having with these woke people mm. but it's like um they're just like more conscious of like yes what, that's a good one yeah what's going on like when, mm -hmm. when he was talking about how the homelessness issue that's literally just because of a capitalistic capitalism decides to have a homeless issue yeah and it's kind of like i love how he gave out an idea about how they have these room these these opportunities to build malls and stuff like that they could do the same thing for yeah for housing and homeless people which they get billions of dollars like in these major cities like in new york the blasio's wife is in trouble now because they're like bro where's that money we gave you to fix the homelessness we gave mm -hmm. you like almost a billion and then they also talk about how they want to also give back and not yeah. really worry about wanting to be so super rich, which in myself as being like a socialist, I'm like, bro, like you just should be well off. You know, you should be able to be free and do what you want. 
you shouldn't want to like just become an oligarch and just get so yeah. much power 24 mm-hmm. 7 like the bezos of the world should not really exist i feel like that should be when you get so rich you should like have co-ops now yeah it's to a point like opportunity you know yeah it's like why have so much and then not do good with it and i've definitely i feel like with the pandemic and everything it made people so much more conscious of that because like those people weren't touched like they didn't take any hits and they still were able to monopolize more on people suffering because like oh well i have the delivery service that can bring everything to your door when you don't want to leave your house right and it it made me more conscious of now supporting small businesses i've only um Mm. done a couple of them so far but i started making like little videos on my instagram just highlighting what my favorite small businesses are because i've been trying to make sure to do that instead of going to like amazon or anything and so if I can like tell other people like, hey, this is where I go get my candles instead of like these big companies like Bath and Body Works or like Cookie Cookie too. Because the, there's um a huge place called Crumble I feel like everyone's like really into right now. I'm like, well, there's this place instead that's a little bit better and they're a small business. So I just try to highlight things like that. And yeah, I mean, those people don't need more business than they already have. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the dude has his yacht has a yacht, yo. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's insane. Man. Yeah, I was just reading something yesterday. I forgot where it is. It might be Ireland. I could be getting that wrong, but they had basically solved their homelessness over there because they they built housing and did like a, a rehabilitation rehabilitation thing for them, like able to, you know, learn skills and find work, and it basically solved the issue and it's like well it wow. clearly clearly it's doable we just don't do it oh yeah oh yeah like even um even in like governments like cuba why they say so they stay so detached from us because they have like a program where they they make you they basically you pay 10 percent of whatever your income is and that's your rent so oh wow yeah i did not and, know that but you know they people just complain about what like how the housing look like they is plumbing is everything that's standard it's just that they're older buildings because it's colonial and plus of the embargo they haven't really had a chance to upgrade they still have like 1960 cars that last forever which is amazing mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say i think i'd prefer chance, that <laughs> right <laughs> they haven't had a chance to trade because the, the united states has blocked them from being able to upgrade and be more first world like we are and i hate using that term first world like more developed yeah (laughs) i get what you mean yeah (laughs) they like the pope himself even said when i went to cuba there was no one homeless and Mm -hmm. the americans went crazy the american officials were like how dare the pope say some shit like that (laughs) i didn't hear i didn't know about that but yeah like i don't know there's so many answers to things in other countries that we just choose not to be aware of and not to adapt to yeah exactly and that's why i was so happy when that when i was listening to that episode i was like yo that's what i'm talking about yeah and also with the nonprofit work and everything like that's just such a big deal um, yeah I mean, not all nonprofits are perfect i work for a nonprofit, and i would tell you that we have our struggles but we try to do everything we can everything yeah you know yeah definitely gotta do your research but you know i feel like if anything, the nonprofit ones are probably the better option because just learning about so many different charities and like how little of the money actually goes to whatever they're supporting. <laughs> right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Then when you hear about Los Angeles getting a billion dollars to to stop the homelessness, but there's still like tent cities and the locals are complaining about it. They're like, you know, this used to be a nice beach, but yeah. now all these people are here. <laughs> you know, like it's just like, bro, like what are they doing with it? They're not mm-hmm. doing anything. They're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay, so this might be a segue, but I have to ask you about this because. I don't I, like I was trying to think of how can I put this in when we start mm-hmm. talking about this. So this is so freaking random. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we, you're good. I was listening to like uh one of your podcast episodes about the uh supernatural, like uh this guy mm. medium. Yes. What do you think about the supernatural and all that and and and, and just basically like being psychic to see like the other world? Because I have so many thoughts <laughs> i i mean i'm kind of glad you brought this up because i think it's a fun subject and that's why i loved having him on because it's something that i've actually always been interested in since i was a kid i don't know why but like i always just found it so fascinating and i even remember like me and my brother and my cousin used to pretend to like go ghost hunting and stuff when we were kids like we were so into those shows and i'll admit like there's a huge part of me that is like a little scared of that stuff because it's like opening up unknown things. Right. And I don't know, speaking to him, speaking to um, Jock, it just, he, I didn't have like any doubts about him when I met him and when I spoke to him, like nothing about him and the way he is made me think like, Oh, he's lying. This is fake, whatever. Cause I definitely do think there are a ton of people out there who just lie and pretend and try and scam people out of money for sure. But I do also think there are some people that are legit and they really do have those abilities. And I don't know. It's like it's something that I find fascinating, but it's also something I would never mess with because also like part of I'm half Filipino and there are a lot. Yeah, there are a lot of like Filipino lores and like things, you know, like stuff about supernatural And my mom has told me, because my mom grew up there. She came to the U.S. when she was 18. And she has told me so many stories just about, like, family members we have, too, that are able to see things or, like, experiences she's had. And I feel like there's just too much in this world in general that we can't explain for it not to be some truth to it. Right, right. What were the... the, uh... What were the 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 things that you spoke with Jock that resonated with you to fully feel convinced? Because when I was listening, I definitely did feel convinced. At first, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, "No, this guy's bullshit." <laughs> but then yeah. after hearing him, I was like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> I mean, I think definitely one thing that stood out to me was, you know, when asking him like how he found out about it or like how he realized he could do this stuff, like. I kind of liked how he he was saying, he's like, well, I speak to other people and they always have this like, oh, well, I had this big awakening moment. He's like, that is not how it happened for me. (laughs) He's like, I just, (laughs) he's like, I was at church and I, you know, I saw a a priest and I I didn't know what to do and I ignored it and I just never did anything about it again. (laughs) And I think, scary. yeah, I think his story was so interesting to me too, because of him growing up so religious and like wanting to live a religious life and you know religion is 
somewhat a contradictory to like paranormal things. Like I feel like in one way it is in one way it isn't because people who are religious do believe there's like a higher power and like in, you know, spirits in another realm, however you want to put it. And, but I do think when it comes to seeing things like that, it is a little bit of like a taboo. And so it, it's interesting hearing him like starting out living that life and then kind of suppressing his ability to, to see and like deal with things like that. Yeah. It was a very chilling listening to that. And then I had to research in, into him after that. Cause I'm one that definitely believes, but um, you know, I was, I was like you as well too. I was like ghost hunting with my friends stuff <laughs> like that. When I was yeah. Stuff and um, we saw some craziness with like the, like the infrared camera and stuff, but people were. Oh, you had like legit equipment <laughs> by accident. We didn't buy. That's that. cool though. <laughs> so happened that my friend Eli um, was, he had the camera and I was like, bro, how the hell you get this? Shit? He was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, my dad had it. It was like, all right, let's use this. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Like let's use it to the advantage. Why not? And we went to like a cemetery and that was crazy. <laughs> Did you, uh, what'd you see? Well, it wasn't something like a, a apparition, like just straight up, like, "Hey, what's up, bro? I'm right here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was just that, like, there was one part where there was a tombstone, and um, you could see like a head, like something like shaped like a head, like you know how when you're like peeking through the corner or something like that, mm-hmm. or like peeking oh. around. Yeah. So like it was like that. It was like he was like peeking, he or she or they, them, whatever. They yeah, was, like peeking. Uh, over, oh, that's over the tombstone. and you know i was the one that caught that at first and i was looking around like yo one of you motherfuckers better not be behind this tombstone. <laughs> was it something <laughs> was, you could only see on camera only see on camera okay yes. and it was infrared so it was like a little cold I, yeah i can't I really see. explain the colors i'm 29 years old so that was that was like 10 years ago and i spoke mm-hmm. a lot of weed so i can't really explain <laughs> I know what you mean, though, just because I do watch, like, a lot of those shows and stuff. So I get, like, I understand what you were seeing. <laughs> yeah. And then we had EVP, one EVP, because um, I'm, I'm from Connecticut, and I grew up in Bridgeport, which is, like, Fairfield County. And Fairfield County was known for a lot of witch, uh, well, women that basically, for my opinion, it was women that basically had strong uh, individuality. And they didn't let no man tell them shit. And yeah, like, you're a witch. So they, they must be witches. Them. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's how I felt when I started reading about like Goody Nap or Goody Bassett. I was like, oh, it sounds like she was just a woman with an opinion. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of like what those whole witch trials were. It's just like women who didn't want to conform. <laughs> oh yeah, and like I asked if she was there. I went to like where she supposedly was murdered at, uh, well executed at, and mm-hmm. there was a voice that said she is not. And I was like, oh, that's oh. weird. That's even weirder, though. I ran. It's it's weirder than her being like, yes, <laughs> like to hear someone <laughs> else say no. Yeah. Yeah. And people were like debunking me saying, oh, you probably heard some radio frequencies or something like, bro, they literally answered me. This is intelligent. This is not a residual. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing, too. Like I heard just because I watch like so many different types of those shows, I um. You know, you always hear those like voice boxes and things and they'll say like one word, two words, whatever. And then I'll like hear another show that says, well, if it's not, you know, at least three words like in succession, then 
it's probably nothing. It's probably radio waves or whatever. But I feel like there's like, it. how do you know? You know, there's no way to know. <laughs> like they could, they could all be real. They could all be fake. We don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I would never mess with those boxes. Um, I think yeah. Around. <laughs> the only thing, so um, here in Vegas with like some of the older hotels, there are a lot of like ghost stories of like old mob gangsters and stuff that are supposedly left around. So that was like one thing um, a friend of mine did. I think we were like 16. So this was forever ago, but it was like right when we were able to drive, we were like, let's go try and ghost hunt like around the hotels. And (laughs) the only thing we had was a tape recorder, but we couldn't even, I mean, we were kids and we couldn't even get up to the hotel floors without being a guest in the hotel. So it was a big fail and nothing happened. Oh, wow. Wow. Which hotels are still around here? Um, So the only like original ones, there's one called Bally's on the Strip. Um, I'm pretty sure that's been there forever. Circus Circus has been there a long time. Those are the two that we went to that had stories of like certain certain floors. Um, People would say they had like ghosts of like old mobsters. And then there are the casinos downtown Las Vegas, which is like the old strip. There's El Cortez and Binion's, I believe, are like the old ones. But the rest I are like, it's getting really new down there. There's like demolition and stuff is very common in Vegas. They don't keep a lot of old mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So they get rid of things all the time. Oh, wow. Wow. That's really dope that there's still some type of history there. You know? A little bit, yeah. One thing that's really cool that I like that I haven't been to yet is the... Um, neon graveyard so they have all the original neon signs from the old casinos just in one place so you can go and like look at and take pictures yeah it's really cool wow that's dope Mm -hmm. i need to go to vegas i haven't been near haven't been anywhere near the west coast always been in the south or upper new england which is it's crazy haunting around here my grandmother has so many stories she was she's we're, we're black but um she was also a uh, half Native American from the Saponi tribe um, in the Great Plains, um, uh, Virginia and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, uh, I mean, she, unfortunately, she was detached from her tribe. So she never actually got a chance to understand what Saponi tribe life is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and her grandmother, her mother died before I ever got to meet her. So I never got a chance to ask questions. Yeah. Um, but she had so many stories like she actually saw she said that she saw apparitions like she saw apparitions over my grand my mother's crib um mm. she saw apparitions walk past the train station in bridgeport uh because apparently there was this latino guy who was um he was drunk driving and then oh, he like parked on the on the rail without noticing in the car came oh my god that part of the train came and decapitated him. Yeah. So she wow. like saw his headless apparition later on. That's um, crazy. So many stories. Like she I believe that so much though, because <laughs> I feel like Native Americans just have this kind of deeper connection and intuition that I could see that like making her more aware of things like that. And um yeah, she I'm very spiritual. Very I'm a native american as well so i'm native american mexican and filipino but same thing for me like i don't have any connection with that side of my family so unfortunately i don't like know about what tribe i'm from and like know the origins that's something Mm -hmm. i am trying to find more about on my own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm oh. just not really sure how. <laughs> yeah, how I found was um, I found out from uh, this stories, but mostly what confirmed was her last name. Apparently, there's like a certain tribes still have like a register of like last name. Oh, okay. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and they they what what's interesting about the Saponi tribe is that they were the one of the only tribes that um, weren't forced to convert to Christianity. They actually wanted to be christian mm-hmm. um and so they're like they were like one of the most biggest christian um native american populations to this day oh wow uh, yeah and that's another thing about my grandma she was so fucking christian <laughs> <laughs> she was christian as hell <laughs> my parents are christian so i'm a, I'm the son of a pastor as you can tell oh wow okay preacher kids are uh bad kids <laughs> <laughs> do you think that comes from just like kind of growing up feeling restricted oh hell yes <laughs> without a doubt you know i was one of That's those kids that had to pray to go to a concert my dad was like oh you're going to this concert you better pray first wow <laughs> it was very strict sexual I... they called everything secular music that wasn't christian music was, oh was wow that's secular music <laughs> yeah i grew up religious but not like th- that bad well like not that constricted <laughs> i mean but my my family's catholic and i mean really the only thing for me was like we just had to go to church every week and then we would pray the rosary every night at 6 p.m but like other than that i never felt like it was like really pushed on me or like super constricted by it but then now as an adult i definitely question a lot of it <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and I try not to be so like um what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh mean about it. Like mm-hmm. I get to, like I get into arguments with some people that are Christian, but I try so hard to be respectful. I try so Yeah. Hard. I do. But it's just like, bro, like you're trying to tell me to live my life and mm-hmm. I'm good the way I am right now. <laughs> yeah, there are just there's so many things about religion that I feel like are just so hypocritical and like contradictory and it's like i i would never get into a conversation with someone and disrespect your religion like that's your belief that's what you have there are just things that i don't agree with and like even now i still go to church i still pray but there there are just some things that like some things about religion i don't agree with in any way i mean specifically the biggest one homophobia Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. but then i i have been kind of telling myself like why can't I still like have my faith and have my religion and not feel the need to go by it word for word like every little thing because I mean I don't think it should be that way like I should be able to interpret it in my own way right and I really don't think God is like that honestly I feel like exactly all that is written by man and Mm -hmm. there's gay churches out right now like yeah there's a lot of gay churches in New Haven and I like to like hang out with them because of course that's the that's the squad and it's just a very beautiful oh by the way uh one of the gay churches you know the the show Grace and uh Grace and Frankie yes I love that show <laughs> so the father the skinny father he goes mm-hmm. to the church there and oh New cool like, yeah I'm so nervous. I want to go there one day just to see him, but I feel like that's just the wrong reason to go to church. <laughs> yeah, I feel, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, I was um, <laughs> I was in Nashville, and just like walking down the street with my friend, and there was like a big church, 
and they had a pride flag on the side and they were like, all are welcome here. And I was like, that to me is so rare to see. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It is dope. I like how this, like right now we're seeing a lot of acceptance and it's just becoming a lot of arguments and stuff like that on Facebook, but it got to definitely like, just ignore them. Don't give them. Yeah. <laughs> the time of day. Cause that's what they want. They don't want to like, they don't want to talk about it. They just want to bash it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you're not, gonna have an open mind coming into this conversation and then it's not a conversation and i'm not i don't want to hear you talk at me <laughs> right you're, you're mm-hmm. basically just talking at me and like i'm one of those kids that were that, that realized that he was queer when when um i was like seven years old and that just freaks parents out they're like what <laughs> yeah and see that's a thing too i um someone i know yesterday posted on his instagram page he posted a picture of like him as a child and he said, if you don't want gay kids, don't have kids. And (laughs) he was like, if you, if you know that people are freaking out that there's like, um, you know, gay characters and things are like, Oh, we're exposing children to this. It's like, do you know if I'm pretty sure if you would ask anyone in the LGBTQ plus community, they figured this out a long time ago. And if anything, having those influences might've made them more comfortable Instead of sitting there trying to suppress themselves and trying to pretend that this isn't happening or this isn't real because they think it's wrong. I think it's a really beautiful thing, honestly, like Mm -hmm. because that there's so much uh, straight PDA and sexual content that you could just easily have at your grasp. Yeah. Online. And it's just like it's just it's just basically it's like, bro, like, come on now. Like you're like, oh, you're going to turn my son gay. Like he watches all that. Yeah, the fact that people think like you can be turned gay, like that just already shows how little education there is about any of this or not even education, just awareness. Right. And so many stories like because I have sat down in rooms now with with kids that were like me when I was younger and they're they're out. Um, They're they're even like they're even like fighting and defending so hard. And I was that kid that was just like just need to keep girlfriends <laughs> yeah like oh so this no is not knows. this is not what i've seen this is not how it's supposed to be yeah like i was mm-hmm. just so freaky you know i was so scared and i didn't yeah like, i was like my early 20s and i was so mad at myself for just like hiding for so long and being mm-hmm. and stuff but these kids today man these kids are just they're showing us adults how it goes honestly yeah, to really be able are. to see someone so young just like so unapologetically be themselves is a really beautiful thing to see. It really is. If I have kids, I hope my kids are like that because I would be so proud of them. I'll be, yeah. I'll be out there at the school like, yeah, get your homophobic ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> my child's going to do her the hell they want. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need more of that. That that representation to make people more aware because the fact that it's like so it still is like taboo to like see that in mainstream media and things. And have you um, watched Shit's Creek? No, but I've heard about it. It's on my list. I have so many shows to watch. Such a good show. (laughs) But the thing that like about that show that so many people love is that there is, you know, a gay character as the main character. Or he's like pansexual. He never like specifically says it. I think he says pansexual. But um, the thing that like about that show is like when he gets into a relationship, 
there is absolutely no kind of big deal about it. It's not like a huge arc of the show. Like it's not this big revelation. It's just like, it's just another relationship and that's how it should be. And it's funny because like there would be times because like they own a store together, him and his boyfriend. And there would be times where they would be like in the store kissing and someone would walk in and my like internal reaction was oh my god someone's gonna say something someone's about to freak out like Mm -hmm. just because that's what we always see like it's always meant to be this big deal instead of just something that is normal which it is and it's like so sad that that was my automatic thought process was like oh here's where it's gonna blow up or like here's where someone's gonna make a big deal or be homophobic and yeah so that's like something that resonates with so many people about that show is like oh this is this is how the world should be. This is, right. it's just a normal thing. It is what it is. And nobody makes a big deal about it. Right. Right. I so agree with that. I need to watch that show now. It's so good. Yeah. I'm it's hilarious. Hands meeting tell right now. And, um, I have been told by a couple of my cousins to watch it. And I don't know. The storyline just sounds so weird to me. And I don't think I want to watch it. It's insane. Like the only reason why I'm watching it is because my, my partner at the time right now, who, who's actually, my girlfriend and my parents are so happy that I'm dating a girl now, which is so weird. They're trying to be in my life. It's so weird, the, <laughs> but like she was trying the, to get the normality. <laughs> the normality. <laughs> they probably like shouted when they found out that I was dating a girl. Now they're like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I don't know oh, what man. it's like because they're in North Carolina and we're like hundreds of miles away from each other but i was i noticed that they were like trying to be more inclusive in my life now after that but it doesn't change anything dad i still like men too so exactly yeah (laughs) just because this is easier for you to digest (laughs) oh it's a little easier like it's like it's not like a a nice strong coke where you gotta be like oh boy it's it's water it's some water but no that water got color in it (laughs) yeah it doesn't change anything great (laughs) But yeah, Hands Made You Tell is definitely um, something it took me some time to get into because I was just so shocked. Like, she loves it. And it took me a while to get into it. After, like, season four, when all the shockness just becomes like, all right, time to wolf some ass. That's when I was like, okay, I can get into this. That's a lot of seasons of being shocked. (laughs) God, it's deep. Yeah. I don't know. The whole (laughs) thing sounds kind of scary to me, to be honest. (laughs) It's so deep. Um, Well, let me. I got one more thing to talk to you about. Okay. Um, I don't want to take your time and no, I have fine. to go to work in like 30 minutes. I <laughs> okay. want to make sure I'm prepared for that. Um, I love the conversation that you had on fashion. Um, I can't think of her name right now. I just listened to this podcast. Her, her name um, is Olivia? Lena, if it's Lena. fashion, it was Lena. Yeah. Yes. And you guys were talking about manifesting. Now, mm-hmm. manif- that's a very, um, deep conversation to have a lot of yes. people take it negatively a lot of people take it positively um and i don't even know what side i've had but mm-hmm. i'm just like on both sides like i understand like the working class perspective is like bro this is where we're at and these fucking oligarchs are trying to take our shit away but i also get the side of like i'm not gonna let them try to keep me in this box yeah i want to i want to continue to do what I can to provide and help out. Um, and I do think that that type of mindset does manifest in a way, but 
I do also understand if somebody's like, well, this is what I went through or stuff like that. But I do also like how you guys mentioned, like, just thinking about the negativity 24 mm-hmm. 7. Mental health is such a big deal in this country. Yeah, for sure. And it's not even addressed at all properly. Definitely. Um, but I do think manifesting is should be a part of an education to to help that kind of like that kind of mindset, that kind of drive. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I, I really appreciated the dialogue that I was hearing from from that. Um, Thank you. That episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so as far as like my take on it, I don't know if I would quite agree with you on like making it part of an education, just because I feel like. I feel like if you are not ready for it, then it can affect you negatively because like just thinking of, I know someone who, you know, she knew I was really into it, came to me to talk about it and it's so easy to let it turn you off and you're like, oh, this isn't working. And like, oh, I try to do this and it's not working for me. And it could make you think more negatively if you are not you know, fully embracing it. And I definitely think that's something people need to come into in their own time. Because like, if it's not something you believe in, it's not going to work for you. And that's okay. And I feel like if you don't discover it on your own, then it really wouldn't work for you. Because I definitely have a friend who like does not believe in it whatsoever. And that's fine. And I would never try to push it on him because if he already isn't open to it, it's not going to work for him. Right. And so for me, I the way I like to explain it to people who kind of reject the idea is like I think people like to think of it too much of like like a magic thing, you know, like, oh, just because I, I want it, I'm going to get it, whatever. And that's not really the the way I look at it. The way I look at it is putting – getting what you put out into the world. Mm. So, of course, if you're thinking negatively and you're dwelling on – the bad things, that's what you're going to get. But if you open up your mind more, think more about the positive things or focus on the things that you want in your life rather than the things that you don't want, then your perception opens up to be able to receive those things. And yeah, I think it's more of just like a feeling of making yourself happy and choosing to focus on the good things rather than focusing on the bad things. And I've actually had a lot of people, well, I've had one person particularly tell me that after he was on my podcast, um, my friend Alex, he's like, after being on your podcast, it was just things just started going up from there. Like he started doing more projects, like he got featured in a magazine. He was like, your episode started off. And then how you brought up Hooky Cookie, they have just like blown up so much lately, like got a commercial kitchen. Yeah. And like start doing all this stuff. And for me, it's not like, I don't feel like, oh, being on the show, like put them, you know, any of them. <laughs> I don't feel like that, you know, is what put any of them out. I To me, what it is, is that they put their intentions out into the world and they were focused on the things that they want. And, you know, being on the podcast, they were able to speak deeply about the things they want and the things they're reaching for. And then now like all these things are happening and with Lena too, like I've just been seeing her do so well with everything she's doing. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's so awesome. That's so Mm -hmm. awesome. Cause I really feel like that. Like if, cause for me, like when I, when I first moved, I moved out of my parents' house at a a young age, like I guess 20, 
I was 20 mm-hmm. years old. Um, and I didn't know what the hell I was thinking to do that. Oh my yeah. God. I was working like four or three jobs and stuff. And there was just so much pressure and I almost got evicted a few times and all that stuff like that. And here I am at 29 and now I finally have like a stable income. Um, I'm just thinking like the mindsets that have mm-hmm. changed, um, yeah. the, the, pro- the progress and the mental health that I had to work on the, just to get there. And mm-hmm. I think about manifesting as being some type of tool that I grew into learning to like, definitely make think be, to make me be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause now it's like 24 seven, like, yeah, I have sleep acne and I just can't sleep. Cause I'm thinking about, Oh, did I contact this guy? Oh, yeah. Did, did, did La Boquita get their checks or, Oh, uh, wait, do we have enough funding for this? Uh, where's the money? Uh, money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just thinking like back in the day, like when I was younger, it's just, bro, I was just like, oh, why am I here? I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a yeah. part of this. I hate him. Why am I still involved with this man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I definitely, had to, like, work. I had a lot of mental health struggles myself and I feel like if I wouldn't have worked on that and worked on myself prior and then trying to like think this way, I would have been the same way. Like, Oh, that's not real. That doesn't work. Like whatever, whatever. And I mean, I understand that too, because you know, I've been on that side and it's like how you were saying about, you know, understanding the side of the working class. It's, it's not to say that this is, you know, the magic fix all and it, it doesn't take work because it takes the work you put into it for sure. It's just, you know, a different way of looking at things and believing and believing in what you can have and what you can do, I think. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, this is dope, Dre. I need to get you back on here one day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm down. Definitely. This was yeah, so for, much fun. Oh, yeah. At first, I didn't even know. I was like, uh, I don't even know her. <laughs> like, That's how I have felt so many times. Yeah, because especially lately doing it with so many strangers, I'm just like... I hope this goes well. What am I going to say? And I feel like for (laughs) me, at least I've learned to just let it flow. Cause the, like my first couple episodes when I tried to plan it too much, I, I don't think I let it flow enough. And I was too much in my head of like, what am I going to ask? What am I going to say? How am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you you one thing. Your podcast is definitely dope. It's entertaining. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So many jewels, so many gems. And I like it. How like, I like how there's so many, this like, it's a, a different type of conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much more information. Like, I'm definitely going to keep tuned in and everything. When When is your season? Are you planning your season three debut or are you still in the works yes. on that? Um, yeah. So season three will come out. Sorry, let me look at my calendar real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, season three will premiere on July 4th. Oh, that's an accident. But 4th <laughs> July. <laughs> oh, Awesome. That's yeah, dope. that's dope. But I really appreciate. It. Thank you so much, and also thank you for doing all that work beforehand and like having all this from the show to talk about. I really appreciate that. Uh, well, I like to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Right now, I have this kid that I don't even know like has music out and stuff. Now I have I'm having a few music uh, people hitting me up and stuff, and I'm just like, bro, I don't want to be mean and be like, if your music's trash, I don't want you on here. So I'm just trying to like. <laughs> yeah, sure that's one that. thing. I'm like, I was careful about too. Like at first, I was like, I should just take anyone who wants to be on. And then I was like, mm, the, I don't. 
you know, if it doesn't match up, it doesn't match up. Yeah, it got to match. Got to match. Mm-hmm. I had some people from Africa on here. I was like, oh my oh, god. Oh, cool. Yes. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't. Well, I gotta go, but thank yes. you so much, Drea. And um, thank love you. To have you back on. Uh, definitely send me your links so I can put them in like the the descriptions. For sure. Um, I believe I have your Instagram link and your Spotify link. Um, that's all. That's it, right? Actually, they come to think about it. is that. Um, I mean, I have a couple others. I could email them to you. Okay, we're, we're definitely. But definitely. thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, and you, and you have a very blessed day. You too. Thank you. <laughs> Collectively transforming community Peace in our human family Volume and unity Divine light shining individually Collectively transforming community Peace in our human family As above, so below, feel the pain in my soul, the red pill dissolved. Organized, no matter the cost, politicians start wars, they don't fight, they sit the poor. And nothing lasts forever, as long as we stay together, give hell to the masses, watch the unity rapture. This is for the kids and the culture, it's one love, one growth, one light, light warrior.